0: what's up everybody my name is athena and you're here to listen to a late-ass episode of banished in the valley so yeah this whole broken foot situation is uh just making everything in my life late as fuck as you can tell because we're late today with this episode hopefully soon shit will get back to normal who knows they're thinking uh This foot injury has, like, destroyed some nerves in there, so now we're, like, waiting for nerves to repair, and there's nothing you can really do but treat the symptoms. And by treat the symptoms, you would think, hey, maybe they're giving her pain medication because she has a broken fucking foot, torn tendons, and destroyed nerves. But no, the strongest they've given me is Tylenol 3. And I'm just like, Tylenol 3? What the actual fuck? Did you see my x-ray? Did you see the color of my foot? So apparently because they went buck wild for 20 years uh, over prescribing opioids to people for fucking like scrapes, now that people get broken bones, fucked up nerves and torn ligaments and tendons, they just want them to deal with the pain because their profession acted completely irresponsible for 20 years. So they're going to fix it by acting completely irresponsible in the opposite direction for the, the next 20 years. I don't know. It's reason number 27 why I don't like to go fuck around with doctors. So as per usual, gonna cover a couple of things today. We got a missing girl that I'm gonna talk about who went missing hella days ago. She actually went missing around the same time as Elizabeth Smart, you know, little girl in Utah that was taken from her bedroom by that fucking lunatic. I don't remember his name. But One look at his face and you can tell this guy's a fucking narcissistic nutbag, but she was literally taking the same time as Elizabeth Smart and media really didn't cover it that much. She was actually known as the other kidnapped girl by the media. So I'll talk about her, tell you her story. Also going to talk about all the crazy UFO shit in the media, in the mainstream media lately. And I'll get to a reason as to maybe why the media is slowly spoon-feeding the fucking drone-ass public shit about UFOs. And I mean, technically, they're called unidentified aerial phenomena, but same shit, UFO. I hate when people try to like dress up a subject with some fancy ass words when it's literally the same fucking thing. Pompous assholes. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you guys know about some shit that's coming up that may actually affect everyone. Because the last time these motherfuckers, the World Economic Forum, got together and did a simulation, we had a pandemic fucking two months later. A pandemic that they simulated in this exercise. So what I'm talking about is the World Economic Forum running a cyber attack exercise on July 9th. So... I'm just like, oh shit, does that mean they're going to crash the world fucking's internet? I mean, they have kind of been at the forefront of just about everything bad that's been happening in the world lately. So, if you're not aware, the World Economic Forum held a pandemic training simulation in 2019, and it basically mirrored what was to come nearly perfectly. I talked about it, I think, last episode. It was event 201. So now we got a new "quote unquote" a simulation coming up, organized by these motherfuckers. But this time, the simulation is going to be studying large-scale cyber attacks on critical infrastructure around the world, causing massive disruptions. Which coincidentally, a few weeks ago, a gas line pipeline was hit by a cyber attack, which shut off the gas supplies to basically the entire East Coast. Then. Most recently, JBS Foods, which provides a huge portion of the meat products to the United States, was forced to shut down after, you guessed it, a cyber attack. Both of the events, you know, kind of only had short-term consequences because I believe the gas line people were able to quote-unquote pay off those hackers. And I believe with the meatpacking situation, they were able to get it resolved before it, you know, impacted their business too bad. So the new exercise by the World Economic Forum is called Cyber Polygon 2021. So just like Event 201 miraculously predicted the COVID pandemic, I'm just wondering, is Cyber Polygon 2021 gonna bring on the next fucking world issue where everyone has to be locked down so they could do the great reset so i mean considering the history of the world economic forum for setting the global talking points and narrative it's reasonable i mean i think it's reasonable to assume they either believe or know something about an upcoming wave of cyber attacks which may take down key infrastructure Maybe they're even responsible for it. That part I don't know. I'm just fucking speculating. But it's super strange that these motherfuckers, these uh, globalists, get together and start planning a pandemic and then suddenly we have a pandemic exactly like they were planning. But let's not forget, the World Economic Forum sent out a message stating how much of a positive thing the COVID shutdowns were in a now deleted tweet. So what better way to keep the slowdown going than to cripple key infrastructure like The pipeline or, you know, food production. So we just have one globalist group known as the World Economic Forum perfectly predicting the COVID-19 pandemic. Then that same group tweeting publicly about how great the results of the pandemic were for cities. And now they're predicting a wave of cyber attacks to once again disrupt the global supply chain. I'm sorry. I don't think these motherfuckers are prophets. I think they're planning. Okay. There's no way these people are getting together and predicting the future. They're planning it. They want the world population, you know, decreased down to 500 million. And if it's up to Bill fucking Gates, he would sterilize three quarters of the women on the planet. And all of these young women and girls that are now going out and getting this experimental shot, I mean, a lot of these particles are going to the ovaries, something like 5%, which is a huge number. Like in comparison, they found that it was like 0.2 to 0.3% storage in the other organs, but the ovaries, 5%. Do you really think that's not going to affect the fertility of women? I've also read different, I guess, uh, fertility clinics writing about how you know, they had this 23-year-old woman come in, she would donate her eggs a couple of times a year, and she had the COVID vaccine, and afterwards, her eggs were no longer viable. A 23-year-old. So all of you women are, you know, in childbearing ages or even younger than that, and maybe you're thinking of forcing your daughter to go get this shot, just know you could be taking away her chance to ever have a kid. So there's a lot we don't know about it, but yet the sheep and lemmings are running and lining up to get this shit injected into their body. And somebody needs to sue these motherfuckers because the original vaccine definition was, you know, something that gave you immunity to disease or something that stopped you from spreading a disease. And the COVID shot does neither it's supposed to lessen the symptoms, but, I mean, it's killing fucking so many people that, you know, is the treatment worse than the actual disease? Is that going against all these doctors' Hippocratic Oath? I mean, I, I pretty much in 2020, the Hippocratic Oath died with about 85% of medical professionals. Fucking clown world. And speaking of clown world, these motherfuckers that are like Fauci supporters, are now saying that Fauci never said masks work, and the other half are saying Fauci never said masks didn't work. Like, he fucking said both. It's in his emails. It's recorded on one of the 9 million interviews his smug face gave during the pandemic last year. So I I don't know. I don't know if they're just fucking delusional or just, like, grasping at anything they can to maintain their existence and reality. Apparently, a bunch of people in like England and Europe, I keep seeing like videos of huge protests against all these draconian lockdowns and mandates. And I'm like, why aren't we here in America protesting this in huge numbers? I mean, people can find the time to go riot and throw fucking bricks through Starbucks windows because they hate capitalism as they get dropped off in their mommy and daddy's fucking $80,000 BMW but I want to know what's going on with Australia. Like I heard they had some of the strictest lockdowns in the world. And it's just like, it seems like a nightmare, but it's like, I don't know how much I can actually believe of what's coming out about Australia. I know we have some Australian listeners. So what's up, Australia? What's going on? You guys still locked down? They still fucking you guys around over there? Uh, shoot me a line at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or come to the Instagram and search Vanished in the Valley Athena. Let me know what's up in Australia. I'm really curious to know if you guys still have some of the strictest lockdowns. I know fucking Canada's got some crazy shit going on still too. They're trying to say they're like in tier four, which I guess is super bad, uh, outbreaks with the new strain every fucking 10 minutes, new strain, new strain, Which in reality, it's probably these fucking bionic motherfuckers that got the shot, creating some new disease we haven't seen yet and passing it on. Because there's been all kinds of reports that people that have been around other people that have been vaccinated are starting to get some of the bad symptoms from the shot. Like I know a lot of women have had menstrual issues like severe bleeding, severe cramping, severe uh, blood clots, stuff like that. And women that have been around those people are now reporting the same symptoms. So we have really fucking dug ourselves deep into this Pandora's box of bullshit. Also, a few people at the top can make billions of dollars off the rest of humanity's suffering. And speaking of humanity's suffering, these motherfuckers are still at it. Gavi, which is the Vaccine Alliance, is literally paying for ads trying to demonize ivermectin. When, like it's been proven in study after study, helps completely combat fucking COVID. But, of course, the vaccine industry is now putting millions of dollars trying to convince people otherwise so goddamn frustrating. And I'm sure so many people are just going to eat this shit up as the gospel and it's going to cost more lives all for some more money. So I've done enough bitching and ranting about COVID and all the brainwashing for one episode. So we're going to move on now to the disappearance of Alexa Patterson. Alexa Patterson was born April 4th, 1995. Although I've seen a couple of articles where they're listing her birthday as February. So it's either February or April 4th of 1995. Her mother's name is Ayanna Patterson and her biological dad's name is Kenya Campbell. And he kind of has a super checkered past with domestic violence, drug charges, you fucking name it. He was convicted in 2013 of beating his infant daughter so brutally he broke her jaw ribs and ruptured her liver. In May 2002, he was actually in prison for domestic violence. So Alexis's dad was never really a big part of her life, and the role of dad was kind of filled by her stepfather, Laron Burgess. His past was also kind of checkered. His criminal history included bank robbery and selling drugs. Alexis lived with Diana, Laron, and her baby sister, Daisani. So on May 2nd, 2002, Alexis had a big argument with her mom. Apparently, she had wanted to bring cupcakes to school because it was her turn to bring a treat for her classmates. Apparently, the school had the system where the little kids had a scheduled date where they brought treats to class. But Ayanna said she wasn't allowed because she didn't do her homework. This resulted in a huge tantrum, a little fight with her and her mom. And Alexis being in a bad mood the next day. She said she didn't want to go to school because the class would be unhappy with her. So the next day, May 3rd, her stepdad Laurent walked Alexis, walked Alexis to school and dropped her off at the crossing outside where a crossing guard took her the rest of the way into school and Laurent allegedly walked off. There were some reports from classmates that said they saw Alexis standing outside of the school, crying, but never went in. Alexis didn't attend any classes that day. The teachers called the parents at the end of the day and said Alexis hadn't been at school. Her family talked to authorities. They explained about the argument and said she might have tried to run away and not wanted to go to school that day, explaining, you know, the whole cupcake incident. Sometime after school, classmates say they saw her in the playground, seemingly crying again, but that's the last time anybody reports ever seeing Alexis. Now check this part out. Two weeks before Alexis actually went missing, a letter went out to parents stating that there was some pedo trying to abduct a little boy outside of the school and to warn their children to be careful, the whole stranger danger situation. And a teacher said that Alexis was sometimes seen talking to a mysterious woman who hung out around the school. Okay, if there's some fucking weird ass quote unquote mysterious woman hanging around a fucking elementary school, why the fuck are they kicking her ass off the grounds, A? B, are calling the cops something? Like why are they letting fucking some adult that has no business hanging around a school hang around a school? Makes no sense. Apparently, this teacher said she had lectured Alexis about talking to strangers, but Alexis shrugged it off and was seen talking to the woman again. The last time she talked to her was a week before she actually went missing. So it's like this woman's been seen multiple fucking times. I'm wondering, was she ever seen after Alexis went missing? Hmm. I'm also wondering if police ever investigated that part. So at first in the investigation, the police kind of took the stance that she probably just wandered off and was hiding out somewhere because of the fight she had had with her mom. And you can't blame them, her mom kind of thought the same thing. The family called the cops around 3pm that day, who went around town and looked at the places a little kid might hide out in. Parks, playgrounds, shopping centers, or a friend's house, something like that. When there was no sign of her, they began to wonder if something bad had happened. So as to be expected, they started questioning the two men in her life. First, they questioned Kenya, who was in prison, and he didn't really know anything. Then they decided to question Laron, extensively. He became incredibly angry that he was being treated as a suspect, and he claims they kept bringing up his robbery and dealing charges as evidence he harmed Alexis. There was, in fact, no other evidence he had much to do with Alexis gone. Alexis is vanishing. He got so mad about it, in fact, he wouldn't talk to the cops at all anymore. When Ayana, her mother, told him a detective was coming over to talk about Alexis, he allegedly told her, I don't give a fuck, don't let him in. Check out this sad little fact. A volunteer charity was dedicated to finding Alexis, gave up only after a few months, citing a lack of funds and a lack of interest from anyone outside the group. They actually held a fundraiser for Alexis and only 4 people turned up. How fucking depressing is that? The case was featured on America's Most Wanted sometime after the fact and it brought in thousands of tips, but they didn't actually lead anywhere. So as the year went on, Alexis's mom Ayana and her stepdad Laron kind of just had a completely disintegrating relationship. He ends up getting arrested in 2003 for assaulting her, and she claims that she had suspicions he was selling drugs behind her back and possibly acting as a pimp with prostitutes. Great. Sounds like an upstanding motherfucker. In 2016, a man came forward after seeing an age-progressed picture of Alexis. He said it was a spitting image of his ex, who he said had a very mysterious past and never talked about her childhood. They did end up doing a DNA test on this woman, and it was proven not to be Alexis. The community does care, kind of. Every year, they lay a wreath at Alexis's school. One year, at this ceremony, Ayanna just had enough and collapsed on the spot. In January 2021, her stepdad, Laurent, died of an overdose with his new wife. So apparently they both overdosed and died the same day. The chief detective on the case said he had reason to believe Leron lied about walking her to school that day. Apparently, Leron never, ever walked her to school. Most people who knew Alexis said she walked to school alone, and it seemed more likely from other witnesses she walked alone that day. But why lie about that? Like, what what is he gaining about lying, saying he walked her to school? Because that would literally put him as the last person to see her. I mean, other than the kids as classmates, but do cops even count that as real? So I don't know. He never gets charged. No one ever gets charged. And like I said, kind of at the beginning of the podcast, she and Elizabeth Smart went missing within days of each other. And the media was all over Elizabeth Smart's disappearance. And Alexis barely got any mention. They literally referred to her as the other missing girl. And a lot of people will say it's because Elizabeth Smart was some pretty little white girl and this was a impoverished black girl. I don't know what the fucking case is. The media's fucking stupid as it, you know, as it stands. So pick a reason why they didn't fucking profile her like they did Elizabeth Smart. Who knows? So although the media didn't really do shit about her disappearance, the Milwaukee Police Department, Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office, embarked on one of the largest joint efforts in their history. Searchers trudged through woodland and they searched on boat, motorcycle, and horseback. The Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department helicopter was also deployed in this search. So just because the media sucks doesn't mean the police dropped the ball in this case. Police Chief Arthur Jones speculated on early in the investigation that Alexis had run away after the argument over cupcakes. Ayana and Leron made tearful pleas for her return and held on to the hope she was only missing. We're doing terrible. If someone has her, please just return her. Just let her out on the corner. Someone will see her, pleaded Leron. And you know, I'm kind of thinking Leron did something to Alexis. Ayana said that if Alexis did run away, she would not have gone off with a stranger. Milwaukee public school officials came under criticism for not contacting the family as soon as it discovered that Alexis was not in class. I mean, she's fucking seven years old and she's not in class. I mean, I don't know if that's going to actually raise suspicions. Maybe she's sick that day. I think people just like to point fingers and criticize with twenty twenty vision after the fact because they're little assholes. So a little bit more on Laurent's criminal history. In 1994, he was involved in bank robbery, which resulted in Glendale police officer Ronald Hedbenny being shot and killed. Laurent was the getaway driver, and he was a snitch because he was granted immunity from prosecution in exchange for his testimony against his co-conspirators who were sentenced to life in prison. So as of now, it's been 19 years since Alexis Patterson went missing. It is a cold case now with the Milwaukee Police Department, but they say there are detectives that are looking into any tips that come in. One detective, Jeremiah Jacks, says, this case has always bothered me. Never had any closure, any answers about what happened. Jax was one of the officers who searched neighborhoods, helping to find Peterson in 2002. 19 years later, he's one of the officers assigned to the cold case. He says, I remember how shocking it was. Anytime a child goes missing, especially on their way to school, and just disappear without any answers was shocking to the community. Another detective on her case said, we don't know that this is a homicide. We don't even know if she's deceased. There is a chance she's out there right now and just needs to be found and brought home. And that was said by Detective Timothy Keller. Keller goes on to say, "You know, Laurent played a significant part of the initial investigation because because he was the last person to be seen with Alexis. We have nothing to say he was lying to us or not providing all the information that he had." So, we don't really know what kind of an impact his death will have on this case. So, as of right now, it technically is a cold case, uh, but if you have any information, you can always call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST or you can call the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department on their non-emergency line at 414-278-4788. Or you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com, or you can go to the Instagram and search for Vanished in the Valley Athena. So that's about it for Alexis's case. She's missing 19 years later. Nobody knows if she was murdered, sex trafficked, living in somebody's fucking dungeon. This girl just literally vanished off the face of the earth. So I know her parents would like some closure, and, you know, it's always nice to bring justice to some child victims. Okay, so moving on from Alexis, total rando different subject. We are going to talk about the, I guess, Pentagon's release date on unidentified aerial phenomena. Supposedly, that's supposed to be happening sometime in July. But I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the mainstream media has been reporting all kinds of UFO sightings. And before, whenever the mainstream media talked about UFOs, it was always with disdain and just, like, looking down upon anybody that ever even thought to think something like UFOs or aliens could possibly exist. But now they're all over it. Anderson shit fucked-up Cooper had some shit about aliens on the other day. Um... I was actually scrolling around, bored as fuck one day, and I came across some footage from the Combat Information Center of the USS Omaha. They filmed this UFO, or unidentified aerial phenomena, whatever you want to call it, on July fifteenth, two 2019, and it was in San Diego. The footage depicts a UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena, event series that reach a crescendo with one of the unknown targets entering the water. And it didn't like smash on impact. They never found any wreckage. They literally sent a sub after this fucking thing that went into the ocean and never found anything. There was 14 of these unidentified flying objects. They were about six feet in diameter and reported a solid mass. They went from 40 knots to 138 knots, which is about 46 miles to 158 miles. The flights lasted longer than an hour. These UFOs were illuminated, but the pilots and everybody watching these UFOs were unable to discern the origin or, nor launch or landing points. The unknown vehicles were picked up on more than two types of radar. So At this point, this video and the report have been declassified, so anybody can literally go online and look at this shit. It's crazy the way these things are flying around. It's definitely not any technology that the military has let the public know about. I mean, maybe it's some fucking secret secret military project. I don't know, but it's definitely not some conventional aircraft. And these videos are getting more and more common. So, is this all about to coincide with the release of this Pentagon report? Is the Galactic Fucking Federation about to make an appearance on Earth? Some people say yes. Some people say that this crescendo of all of these reports is actually leading up to a false flag alien invasion attempt. So, we'll see. You know, July's in just about, what, 20 days? And it's supposed to be about mid-month that these alien motherfuckers make an appearance. So we'll see, but go online and check out some of these videos. Be wary of the fucking Russian videos because those motherfuckers like to fake shit like nobody's business. And they're really good at it. Are we going to do an independence day? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Nice. (laughs) And that was Garrett speaking, everyone, but yeah, go check it out. Try to check out the ones coming from the military. They're not like, you know, fucking shaky ass quality that you're going to see like on YouTube. But they're, like, radar. They're from different pilots, cameras, or whatever they're using to film this shit. And there's a lot of them out there. So just pay attention. Who knows? We may be invaded by aliens at this time next month. At this point, I'd actually kind of welcome it. Maybe they can fucking... <laughs> Maybe they can get rid of some of the sheep for me. <laughs> so before I run away today. There has been a lot of talk out there about how all of these billionaires and these corporations aren't paying their fair share of taxes, but I don't think it's a problem of billionaires not necessarily paying taxes, because if you took 550 U.S. billionaires, put all of their money together, it would be $2.5 trillion, and if we confiscated 100% of their wealth, we'd raise enough money to run the federal government for less than eight months. So, to me, that is a politician's spending problem. That is a politician taking our fucking money and pissing it away on gender studies and fucking Pakistan problem. It's like, uh, can we take care of some of the tent cities here before we worry about fucking gay people in Pakistan? Come on, who the fuck is running this clown fucking government? Mm. But anyway, it's about time for me to run away. Hopefully next week we'll be back on Thursday. If not, you know, I'll be there Friday or Saturday. But I'm shooting for Thursday. It just depends on how my doctor situation goes. But in the meantime, like I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao!